Welcome to The Hidden World of Women, a podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. My name is Emma and I'll be your host for today's episode. In the last episode of Hidden World of Women, I spoke with Paris and we talked about homeschooling. And one of the fears that often gets brought up when speaking with parents who are considering homeschooling is what will homeschooling mean for people after they finish school? So does it reduce the chances of people being able to go on and do further education? Uh, You know, when you're homeschooling, the homeschool students don't have access to WACE, which is the WA Certificate of Education. And what does that mean? So how does that impact them being able to go on to TAFE or to university? And so I thought that that's, it's an interesting it's an interesting um, discussion point. Well, I'm hoping it's interesting because we're about to discuss that discussion point. So in order to do that, I am yet again calling on another member of my family. I promise I am running out of family members. No, you're not. No, I'm not. I've got a big family. Um, so I'm calling on another family member. And so today I'm joined by Danica. So Danica is 16. She's a few months shy of turning 17. She is absolutely amazing. And she actually started her university um, experience or a university journey while she was still completing year 10. So um, she joined or she enrolled in Macquarie University, which has three trimesters per year. And so Danica joined in the summer trimester of 2020. Thank you very much of 2020. And so while she was finishing up her final few weeks of year 10, she was also studying her first unit at university. So um, Danica, thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. It's lovely to be here. Beautiful. Uh, So your, I guess your education didn't necessarily, well to this point, hasn't necessarily followed the most standard plan. Mm, No, I don't think so. Well, saying that though, you did, you know, you went up until the end of year 10, I guess it did. So, you know, pre-kindy, kindy, kindy, pre-primary, you went to mainstream primary school, mainstream high school, but then not year 11 and 12. No, I did not. Which those are the years that they tell you those, they really make it seem like those are the only important years of school. Yeah, um, so I definitely, that's actually one of the most important points I want to touch on. Um, So those being the most important years of school. So what, I guess we'll start there. Uh, It's not where I was intending to start. Do you think they are the most important years of school? With my very limited experience doing year 11 and 12 of none. No, I don't think they're very important. So why, why do you think other people think that they're so important? Because... The way our world is set up, we think that there is a must-do system. You have to go to primary school, then you have to go to high school, and then you have to go to university, and preferably while you're there, you get married, and then you start a job, and then you have kids, and that is how life is supposed to look. Um, And people think that in order to fulfill the university, like become an adult section of life, you have to do year 11 and 12 and get your ATAR score or your SAT score or whatever it is in the other states. Um, yeah, and then that's the only way to get into university, and that, or if you're doing TAFE, you go to TAFE and stuff like that. Um, and so, when you say I'm not doing year eleven and twelve, they're like, "But how are you going to do the rest of your life? Mm. How are you supposed to adult and have a job?" And yeah, so I am. 
I'm just a little bit older than you. Just just like a smidge. I really hope you're older than me, given that you're my mother. I was not necessarily mentioning that, but okay. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm, I still think I'm just a smidge older than you. But when I was going through high school, so when I went to high school here, it was in Western Australia, we started high school in year eight and I remember being sat down in a big assembly room and being told that we needed to choose, we needed to know in year eight what we were intending for our career to be. We needed to choose the right subjects in year eight that would lead us to, then at the time it was TEE, to be studying the right subjects for TEE and when and the TEE subjects would take us into our university course. So if we didn't choose right in year eight, we were setting ourselves up to, for failure. And really that message from being 12 years old was that if you didn't do well in your TEE, you wouldn't get into university and your life would be over. Yeah, that sounds like how people think about ATAR. So there's, as as I said, just one or two decades (laughs) between us and that message doesn't seem to have changed very much. No. For some reason, the public school system that gets funding for all the students that they have there isn't really keen on pushing people to leave the public school system. Well... I'm wondering if there has been a shift because I know that there are now more vet programs in schools as in vocational education and training, not looking after small animals That's or really large sad. animals. I'd, I would like, I would have done year 11 and 12 if it meant if you that could I could look after animals. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it would have kept a lot of people in school perhaps. Um, so, you know, I think there is that shift that you can do vocational training at school and maybe not necessarily seeing ATAR as being the be all and end all so that maybe have shifted a little mm. bit in Kids the 20-something years in between. Yeah, 10 could do a farming course, like a farming tape course. I don't know what it was because I didn't do it. Mm. But they'd go off and one day a week they'd work on a farm. And At your school? Yeah. I didn't know that. No, because I didn't give you the form because I didn't want to do it. Huh. Fair enough. Um. You also had the opportunity to do a TAFE certificate for film and television and some of those things as well. Yeah. Going back to that first idea that you brought up that year 11 and 12 are the most important years of schooling, did you feel like you got that more from teachers or did you experience that coming from peers or do you think it was equal between the two of them? I don't think it was equal because I have no stories I can I have like one story I can think of where a teacher was super confused about me not doing ATAR and handed me an ATAR pamphlet despite the fact that I told her I wasn't doing that. Um, it's quite funny because I had my university textbook on my desk as she handed this to me. Uh, mm. I don't think she quite realized that's what was happening. And I understand that, you mm. know. They, um, you know, the number of people who I've spoken to have gone, oh, no, no, she skips year 11 and 12 and she's gone straight to uni. They've gone, what? I didn't know you could do that. So I get that teachers would be confused by that and and just kind of going, How? I don't know that you can do that. Is that a thing? I didn't know that was a thing. How did, I had to do year 11 and 12. Why is she missing year 11 and 12? I had to suffer. Why, why That's aren't exactly you? right. <laughs> Um, so you had one teacher who, but yet you still said that you felt as though there was that pressure that you should have been doing ATAR. Yeah, because people would ask, oh, what are you doing in ATAR? Oh, where are you going for year 11 and 12? Here are the three schools in our area that we like 
all of our students go to? Where are you going next? So and um, where did I go next? The laptop in my house. <laughs> yes. So with that, um, your school actually finished at the end of year ten. Yes, it did. And so, you know, perhaps it would have been different if you'd gone to a school that went all the way through to year twelve. Hmm. Perhaps it wouldn't as well. Yeah. We picked one that finished at year 10 for a reason. I was kind of done with school by year 10. I don't think you're alone with that. Uh, So did you find that peers had the idea that you should be doing year 11 and 12? Yes. People who were my age, um, one, I had, I remember telling the boys I was sat with in art that I was already in university and they're like, what? Wait, really? How are you already in university? And I'm like, because I am. And they're like, that sucks. I've got to do eight. Oh, that's not fair. I'm like, well, you could also do this. Mm. Here's the name of the website. Go Google it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but lots of people were very against it because they think it's setting myself up for failure. Oh, tell me more about that. Why was it setting you up for failure? Because I'm not completing the education system and I can't get my waste certificate and my like proof of... Um, mainstream mainstream education unless I finish year 11 and 12 and if you don't finish year 11 and 12 in their mind you can't get into university and do the whole university job set for life thing so did they I so I guess I'm struggling to understand that so by skipping year 11 and 12 and going directly to university they thought that you were being set up for failure because you missed the middle part Yeah. So I can almost understand that year 11 and 12, perhaps it um, sets you up for going into university. So in an ideal world, when you start high school, you should be learning some study techniques. And as you progress through the years of high school, then the work that you're doing should be getting more challenging and teaching you some different, I guess, some different skills and some different strategies and maybe different ways to research and different ways to write so I can understand that if you're missing out on two years there, then perhaps you're starting you know, to jump from year 10 level writing to first year university writing. That's a really big leap. So I can understand feeling like, oh, well, you're setting yourself up for failure because you're not ready to be going into first year uni. I don't understand the, well, you need a waste certificate. And I mean, you know, how many times have I said, I how many... Hundreds of people have I interviewed and how many have I asked them? What how was they... your year eight NAPLAN results? <laughs> well, you don't yeah. even do NAPLAN in year eight. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. I've never once asked for their NAPLAN results. You should ask or... it next time. Check it in as a curveball. I'm interviewing some people tomorrow. Do I it. might do that. <laughs> how did you go in year nine algebra? <laughs> <laughs> do it. Can you think on your feet? You know? That, it's a, yes, it's a good idea and I'm going to chuck it in there tomorrow and see what happens there will be a note at the end of this podcast telling you how it went well actually this is going up before the interview so there won't be you'll have to edit the podcast tomorrow (laughs) and see how we go um so did you feel i'm going off on a tangent it's very unlike me um it's completely out of character it is never before has this been seen yeah did you feel that there was pressure to go to uni? I don't know how to answer that question because 
I know that for a lot of people, that's just what you do regardless. Like people don't think, do I actually want to go to uni? They're just like, well, this is what I do now because that's the stage of my that's life. That's the I'm natural in. progression. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know if, it, I don't think it was a pressure. It was just like, oh yeah, I enjoy this thing. So let's go to uni for it. Hmm. Um, TAFE was the interesting thing because before we knew uni was an option, I knew that I was going to TAFE and I was going to do Australian Sign Language and I was going to become an interpreter. And then the universe said no Mm -hmm. three times and I did not become an interpreter. You are only 16. There's still time. Yeah, there is. Um, But when people ask, oh, what are you doing? I'd say I am going to learn Australian Sign Language because we started learning Australian Sign Language when when Lolly, who is mum's mum, started going deaf and wearing hearing aids. And this was an excellent plan in theory, except for the fact that she also didn't learn sign language. <laughs> um, so we can so all talk about it behind her back in sign language or out loud. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> she matter can't understand how, either. <laughs> doesn't matter how fluent I get. She still doesn't understand it. Yeah. Um, so maybe we could try that again or we just go with the what? Yeah. It just keep doing that. Maybe we'll get whiteboards. Yeah, that, here's an idea. Um, so well, I'm glad to hear that you didn't feel that there was pressure to go to uni. So I guess that was the plan in, you know, going back to when you first started in high school, the plan was you would finish year 10 and then you would go to TAFE and you would do some certificates in TAFE and then see where that led you and perhaps that may lead you to university and perhaps it may not lead you to university. So do you want to share why the plan was never to do year 11 and 12 and ATAR? Um, The plan for why I wasn't doing year 11 and 12 and ATAR is because you work for a mental health um, organisation. organization service. And that means that every year during ATAR, you have people come in who are my age or families or like the families of those people who are struggling because ATAR is designed to make people struggle. ATAR isn't designed to make people struggle. ATAR is designed to test a certain a certain kind of intelligence. If you teach a fish that it's smart, by, that its only worth is to climb a tree... It's going to spend the rest of its life feeling kind of worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, However, if you're testing a fish on how fast it can swim around the bowl, it's still a high level of stress. And actually, if you test a fish on how fast it can swim around a bowl, it's going to cause a whirlpool. Mm. It's going to get sucked down. And I think that that's probably what I was worried about. I was probably really worried that you would... <sighs> There's a lot of pressure. You know, when you... I spoke about feeling that pressure from year eight, having people telling you that if you don't do well in ATAR, then your life is over. I knew that wasn't the case. You know, there's an episode, I can't remember what episode it is, but it's um, with another family member where I spoke with my mum about how she changed her career at 40 and she went on and, uh, you know, she went to university while I was doing my TE. And so I got to see firsthand that actually, no, if you don't do well in ATAR or you decide not to do ATAR and you want to go back and do university at a later life, that's an option for you. So I grew up knowing that there were other options and I hope you grew up knowing that there are other options, but I often feel that 
you know, the teachers or the people who are in positions of power at school don't necessarily understand that there aren't other options and they want the best for you, but there's a lot of pressure. And because you are intelligent, I feel like it would have caused additional pressure because feeling like you have to live up to people's expectations. Yeah, lots of people had the expectation of how I was going to do school. Mm. And when you change, when you completely take a left turn at people's expectations, um, they don't really know what to do. No, they don't. No. No. Uh, so just as a, just a random anecdote, again, very unlike me. Is this the story about the Ava with the scissors at the doctor's clinic? No. She was like nine weeks old and the doctor... No, it's not that story at all. Oh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. That's <laughs> a funny just, story. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is an interesting story. It's in no way relevant. <laughs> so <laughs> I was going to share that um, when you would have been, you know, a couple of, couple of weeks, couple of months into the start of year 11, so last year, I got a call from the high school that you'd finished at year 10 and they were asking which school you were going to go to, which school you were at for year 11. And so I said, oh, she's at Macquarie University. And she said, what do you mean? (laughs) I said, well, she went straight to university. So she's studying ancient history at Macquarie University. And she, the um, lady on the phone went, but where do I send her school records? I said, nowhere. I don't think Macquarie University want them. (laughs) But... I need to send them somewhere. <laughs> so going, well, feels like a you problem there because I don't know where, like. Um, I, I heard someone described it as like the social script that you follow. You're like, hello, how are you? And someone responds, hello, how are you? And then yeah. we move on. That's it. Nobody's yeah. answered anybody's and question. So she's here being like, this is the script I have to follow because it's my job. Yeah. And you aren't doing not- the right part of the script. What are you <laughs> It clearly says here that you list a local high school and I send them there. Uh, so, and that's not what happened. Um, you said as well that, you know, when people ask you where you were going to school this year, you said, you know, a laptop in my bedroom. So part of that was that you did actually study externally to start with. Yes, Macquarie University is in New South Wales. I do not live in New South Wales. It's a really long commute. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and you're a people person. Yes, I am. Uh, thank you to the three friends I had throughout last year who <laughs> put up with my... Um, not put up with... I. It was wonderful for them. My I'm introvert sure. friends yeah. who were like, what is this golden retriever person doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that made it tricky. And even though Western Australia was, I guess, nowhere near as impacted by COVID as the rest of the world or the rest of the country, it still impacted the number of, I guess, different places that we could go so that you could have social interactions. Yeah, it did, especially when there were times where we'd go into lockdown for two weeks and then yeah. and can't so see you, anyone. Yeah, so the, I guess the social groups that you did attend, they shut down. Yeah, so one of the things that I, I'm going off on yet another tangent, one of the things that I brought up with the, in the podcast episode, the last one, which was around homeschooling, was people talk about the lack of social opportunities for homeschoolers. And one of the things that I mentioned was that actually um, there are a huge range of homeschool opportunities. 
Now, I've just said that you struggled with that a little bit because of everything that happened in last year. But one of the things that I talked about in the last episode was that people have an opportunity to socialize not only with people their same age, but you actually get to learn how to converse with people much younger than you and people who are older than you. Um, So do you want to share a little bit about that? So my favorite activity was once a week on a Thursday, I'd go to a singing group where I was the youngest person there by about five decades. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And they were all very lovely. They were all songs that quite amused me there were lots of books of songs that will never go out of fashion and I'd heard none of them before (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is mislabeled but it was good fun I enjoyed getting to talk to them I was most annoyed when Tafe decided to run over during that group because they were very they were good fun to talk to and spend time with um I did end up introducing them to some Disney songs. That was fun. Um, I don't know how it is that they have grandchildren and hadn't heard Let It Go before, but, you know. Oh, my goodness. No, I don't know how they've managed. Sounds like heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you've brought up TAFE a couple of times as well. Yes. So the plan originally was finish year 10, do TAFE for a couple of years and then, you know, get some certificates under your belt and then maybe go on to high school. No, sorry, no, not go on to high school. That would be We're never going back to high school. No, no, definitely not. Um, And then perhaps go on to uni or get a job, you know, do what, I guess, whatever would fill your heart with joy. Mm. Didn't quite go the way that we had planned it. No. Well, partly because you ended up going straight to uni while you were finishing year 10 but then the plan was that you were going to do one unit of uni and then TAFE certificates at the same time. Yes. That didn't go to plan. No. Hmm. Do you want to share more about that or are we just leaving it that at no? Oh, just leaving – I don't quite know what to say. I didn't have enough points for it. The last time I applied for TAFE, I was like two points off yeah. getting to go. It was very frustrating. But then yeah. I got to go to UWA, so you know. Yeah. Swings and roundabouts. So there are, um, for people who are looking at TAFE, there are point systems for some of the courses. So there are competitive courses and there are non-competitive courses. And one, so the Auslan course that you spoke about that you had wanted to go to, that's actually a competitive course. Yes. So in order to get into that competitive course, you needed to have, um, you needed to have, I can't remember how many points that you need, but there's a certain number of points. It was something like 64 I thought it was 364. Okay, one of us should have paid more attention. I didn't reach it. You didn't reach it. No, this is true. So um, a certain number of points. So there's a maximum number of points that you can get for education. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the points come from your experience, like work experience, basically. Yeah. So when you had only done year 10, you were, despite the fact that you were also going through and studying at university at the same time, you were considered to be a high school dropout. Yeah. And with that, you don't get anywhere near as many points for those competitive courses as you do if you've finished year 11 and 12. Yes. So um, 
then is then we looked at it and the way to get those additional points and so you get points for every hour that's worked but i think it's something like 0.2 hour, yeah, 0.2, 0.2 points 0.2. for every hour that you work yeah so you need to work a significant number of hours in order for a to get a significant number of years yeah um which is tricky when you're 14 15 mm. you were 14 when you applied no 15 when you applied. I should know this. Yeah, you were 15 when you applied for the start of last year. Yes. So, yeah, you hadn't hadn't got decades worth of work experience under your belt to get you those extra points. Yeah. Um, But then I did get into a TAFE course. Yeah, so – and the reason that you got into that TAFE course was actually to try and get you those education points. So a certificate – It was very non-competitive. A certificate two or three – Gets you the same, gets you your maximum number of education, education points. points. So it was a non-competitive course. It was the day, I think it was actually the day TAFE started, wasn't it? It was the day of orientation I got enrolled in this course. Yeah, we rang and just said, okay, we've narrowed it down to six courses. Do any of them have places? This one had a place. Put my name down. <laughs> we went the next day. Yes. Yeah. So I want to talk about TAFE for a minute. So like I said, there's the competitive and non-competitive courses. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get in a, into a competitive course and you haven't done year 11 and 12, then probably your best option is to do a non-competitive course to start with. Yes. So that you can get into that. Um, can you remember were there other things that you needed in order to do, to in order to get into TAFE? Like... Um... I can't think of anything else. I think you may have needed your NAPLAN results. Year oh, nine yes, NAPLAN. I did need ULNA. I, you either need to have passed Year 9 NAPLAN or to have done ULNA yeah. as well and passed your ULNA certificate to prove that you can... English competency, really. Yeah, English and math competency to do the course and mm. understand... So if you don't have those, I believe you can get that through doing a Cert 2 in general education and then that gives you the equivalent of the NAPLAN and then also gives you your maximum number of education points so that you can get into TAFE that way um, if you want to compete. But the, you do still need as many points for volunteer work, community work or paid work as physically possible so that you can try and, I guess, be competitive. Yeah. When you went to TAFE, you were young. Yes. So 16, mm-hmm. as you went second half of last year. Did you feel that there was extra supports there for people your age? Um, TAFE is designed so you succeed. It wants to give you skills and set you up in a way that makes sense. Mm. It's not trying to trick you, which is something that... I struggled with it first. <laughs> um. So so Danica came home from TAFE and she goes, it just feels so wrong. I had an assessment and the answers were on the board. And as in, you know, there was a PowerPoint presentation and, and the answers were within the PowerPoint. And I was thinking, is this a trick? Do I just write down what's on the board? Yeah, you just write down what's on the board, honey. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's funny. It was a bizarre experience. <laughs> um, yeah, so TAFE wants you to succeed. 
if for no other reason, that looks really good on their like statistics and them selling themselves because look at all these people who got jobs and opportunities from us. Yeah. Right? It's a very, very effective business model. Um, it was, I mean, you had some great fun hands-on experience though. I did. Um, the course I did was an events course and I put on a music gig mm-hmm. with some TAFE bands um, and that was a very interesting experience, mostly because lots of people, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm 16. And they'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, you're, you're what age? Mm. Yeah. And I mean, tricky, there's some additional, I guess, issues there with trying to organize a music, a music gig at a licensed venue when you're 16. Yeah. There, Very- were, there were lots of emails sent being like, hello, I'll have literally my entire family yeah. Is this okay? Yeah, but not many TAFE students have to ask their mum and dad to come to school with them. <laughs> I had to ask you not to come to school with me. Well, that is true, yes. But that's because I'm supportive and loving, not because I'm a helicopter mum and stalkerish. You brought our dog with on, our first, on my first day today. She was a very little puppy. What was I supposed to do with her? <laughs> and just so that you know, I did take a photo of... First day of school um, of Danica at TAFE that day as well. With the dog. (laughs) It was the dog's first day of school as well. Um, So there there was supposed to be, they tell me that there are additional supports there for younger students to make sure that you are are supported. But the look on your face tells me that you didn't. This is the first I'm hearing of that. Okay. Right. Well, perhaps in a different course there would be additional supports, or perhaps if you needed them. Perhaps in a course with more than four students, there'd be there would be need for it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, do we want to very quickly talk about what the process was to actually get into university? Applying to UWA or Open University, because those are two different stories. We're going to look at well, we're going to look at both of them. So we'll start with Open University. Okay. Am I starting with the fact that you texted me and asked me if I wanted to go to university? Providing you don't tell people that I was just in another room in our house when I texted you, that's fine. (laughs) Well, I never said it. (laughs) You didn't hear it from me, folks. Um, And then it was like 7am. I was still in my pyjamas. I go into the... We had had conversations about the possibility of looking at university for last year at the time, but next year when I was... I hadn't realised it would be last year, this year. Yeah. Um, but we had talked about me doing university. Um, and so I come in and we, mum is texting the open university people. Um, and then we call and I give them the wrong email to set my account up with. Yeah, that was tricky. <laughs> um, and then I was enrolled in a course. Mm. Um. I remember after my science exam, we all put our phones in the boxes and I got my phone back from the exam box and I opened it because it was now in my hand and that's what you do. And (laughs) no one tell my science teacher, please. And then I remember it was the first week back at term four for year 10 and getting the email in my inbox. It's like, you're enrolled. And I remember being, oh my God, this is real. Mm. And that was very exciting, even though I knew I was already in. So the actual process for enrolling through Open University was actually quite easy. It was super easy, barely an inconvenience. 
well, yes. <laughs> um, and particularly if you get your mum to do it for exactly. you. This is my tip. Get your mum to do it for you. You'll be right. So, yeah, so basically um, we did go through Open University for you and there were – this is not a uh, paid promotional ad, just as this was our experience. And they were they were great, weren't they? And they were, Open University did actually have a range of additional supports if you had needed them. Yeah, they had – they and the university I was going to both had things set up so you could access tutors, um, Open University had people who you could text or who you could call. Um, It was someone called me like a week ago to ask what I was planning to do for university and to tell me, hey, it's time for you to be enrolling. What do you want to do? How can we? It's time for you to spread your wings and fly. Yeah. How like how can we be helping you with this today? Yeah. Um, And because I guess that was something that so when we first looked at it. I, w- I was texting someone mm. and and he was lovely and um, he was like, oh, yeah, you just do this. And I'm like, no, 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 you know the word just? I need you to take that out of the sentence because my daughter's never done this before and it's been 25 years since I – okay, it might have been more than that but there's no need to look like that, darling. No, weren't you doing your – Since I first enrolled in university. Oh, I was thinking when you got your master's or and your – yeah, so, you know, 25 years since I first enrolled in uni, everything has changed so much. So take away the fact that I can't remember exactly how to do it, but we we were lit- we literally applied with a bit of paper where you had to colour in in the circles properly. And if you got the wrong – like if you coloured in the wrong circle, you had to start the whole form again. So things have changed significantly. So when you say, oh, you just do this. No, no, not just – and when you say just do this, I'm going to need you to break that down into six easy steps for me. And they did. You know, they then went through and they were like, yep, sorry, my mistake. We do this all the time. We forget that sometimes you haven't done this before. And and they went through that and made that easy for us. And then, so depending on which university you wanted to then continue into, so you needed to have either four passes. So for Macquarie, you needed four passes or two credits in order to move to just being in Macquarie rather than just being supported by Open University but instead you chose that you wanted to go to an in-person university here in Australia here in Western Australia Mm. Um, so we went through the process again of having to call UWA and going I know when you say apply now I'm gonna need you to break that down into steps for me can I tell the story of me getting my so we applied we Mum applied. I found whatever file she needed. We sat together and did it together. That's fine. I supported you in the application. There were two laptops open. Yeah. (laughs) It is a two-man job. There were two laptops plus my iPad and your phone. (laughs) It's very difficult. It was much Um, easier when you just had to colour in circles on mm, a big piece of paper. And so we applied for UWA, which was my first choice. And then you had to go through this thing called TISC, which... Is an acronym that stands for something. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, yes, that's that is correct. <laughs> and through TISC, while I was finding the things, Mum signs me up for Curtin as my first choice through TISC, and then as a second choice, she decides, oh, I'll just whack Murdoch University on there. It's and always good to have a safety yeah, school. Give as, as many options as possible. 
and I was at my best friend's house um, doing prep for going to the ball with her and it was a really good time and I get a text that says, congratulations, you have been accepted into and I'm super excited. Um, my best friend and her twin sister and her mum are all getting excited. Murdoch University, followed my, by me going, oh, it must be a scam. We, I didn't apply for Murdoch University. This is a very specific thing. And then I'm sat on my best friend's couch looking at this email that's popped up from Murdoch University. And there's a link and I'm starting to think this might be real. <laughs> and I click on the link, which you should never do if you think it's a scam. But, you know, I did. And it took me to the Murdoch University page. And I'm like, oh, it's not a scam. So I call mum. And turns out I had been accepted into Murdoch University. <laughs> and then the next day I got my UWA acceptance letter. Um, and that was amazing. We had cake. We did have cake. Yes. Um, if you'd have been at home when we got the Murdoch one, we would have had cake two days in a row. We almost had two cake two days in a row anyway. Um, and then I applied for UWA, which this is the second part of the, there's no just anything. You don't know what you don't know. That's it. And I th and that's a, such an important message for people. If you're on the other side of the desk with the person who's brand new in front of you, please remember they are struggling with unconscious incompetence. They don't know what they don't know. Okay. I, I need everyone to remember this before you all laugh at me for what I did. <laughs> so the courses that I had done through Macquarie University looked like they had also been offered at UWA. And I knew that I had to apply for recognition of prior learning. And in my head, it made complete sense to apply for the classes and then get recognition of prior learning. Because the only other place where I had anything of recognition of prior learning was at TAFE, where you had all your classes, and if you'd already done one, then you had to apply. Oh, so you're justifying it now. Don't be trying to add backstory to it. You didn't know, and so you enrolled in the in the courses <laughs> with the thing that, oh, well, I'll get recognition of prior learning, and then I'll just withdraw before the financial sense, cutoff date. Which made sense in my head. It might have made sense in your head. It's the only place it did make sense. Because you've got to apply for them to know what you've already done. It made sense. Mm. Um, and then I realised that this was stupid. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know how to unenroll. Um and I had to call UWA and the very nice man on the other end of the phone. Politely didn't laugh out loud. No, he did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was also laughing. But I'm pretty sure that was the most interesting phone call he'd gotten. <sighs> so, look, I think there's steep learning curves. But at the same time, I think you would have had... Well, you wouldn't have had to worry about recognition of prior learning if you had gone to... You, if you'd gone to do year 11 and 12 mm. before, because you wouldn't have had those courses for recognition of prior learning. I'm also wondering, so when when I talked about before you said that um, you had friends who said that you were setting yourself up for failure by missing out on year 11 and 12. Mm. And so I said that I could almost understand that because, you know, the year 10, writing for year 10 is very different to writing for university level. Yeah, it is. There's a lot less in-text referencing in um, Year 10. There's a lot less word counts as well. Mm. Um, the only time there's ever been a word count 
is in one exam and I chose the question that didn't have a word count and then wrote four pages on the topic. The other, the word count for the other two was 200 words. Oh my goodness. It was like a paragraph. Yeah. Um, thankfully, my English teacher was also a fan of the topic I was talking about. And so it was at least a tolerable four pages. Well, that's what you think. Uh, how, what was that learning curve like when you went from writing? Stressful. Mm-hmm. It was actually. That's yes. It really, really was. Uh, I'm very grateful. I never have to do that again. I've done it now. And that's right. And I, I, we obviously don't know what that would be like if you'd gone from year twelve into first year uni. Whether or not that you would still have that same learning curve or that same, I guess that giant leap between different expectations. If somebody was going in to do. So similar to what you did, skipping year 11 and 12 and going straight to university, Mm -hmm. what kinds of tips would you give them to try and make sure that that learning curve wasn't one that was actually going to be a massive hurdle and make them stop and quit? Okay. When you're doing research, there's a website called Justore, J-S-T-O-R, and you get access to it if your university is part of their system. It lets you download PDFs. And once you can download the PDF, and so it also will do three types of referencing for you. Ah, oh, um, that's really cool. Yeah. So you can click on it, and it will tell you how to cite it in APA, um, and two others that I don't use. Mm. Um, and so it will all be done correctly for you. And then once you've got it as a PDF, because I found that was the only way I could read it, you can use Control F, and you can search the document for certain like keywords that you might be looking for. Mm. Also, if you don't have time to read an entire PDF, read the introduction Shh. and the <laughs> conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> if you're someone who is teaching me at UWA, I read the entire the paper. Entire paper <laughs> three times backwards. <laughs> I often struggle only reading the conclusion and the introduction. I'm like, but I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh. So that uh, it's funny because I always find that interesting. Like I think, well, if it was me, this is the, these are the tips that I would give, and the tips, you know, that's so random that it's totally different to what I would have suggested. What would you have suggested? Start with one unit. Oh, I was thinking you're already doing the unit. Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. I guess I'm just thinking like. That and particularly, I probably don't recommend trying to do it while you're finishing up year 10 as well. No. You know, that was too much. That was a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. It was just not something I would do again. It was, yeah. There was a lot because I was finishing year 10 and like finishing high school. And so that was emotionally a lot. Yeah, it was. And then, okay. And you were exhausted because, I mean, it's the end of the year, but also. We didn't know what was happening with your river cruise. and You know, I mean, those are small things, but they all added up to being mm. emotionally overwhelming. And then on top of all of that... Don't fall behind because this very expensive class is not going to be happy if you fail. Do you know what? If you fail, you fail. Like, that's that actually doesn't bother me even in the slightest. Like, mm. I think that's your pressure that you put on you. I didn't put that on you. Yeah, I didn't want to fail my first uni class. That didn't feel like a good, you know, set up for the rest of my academic. Oh, whereas I think if you're going to fail it, get it out of the way early. When it's when it's one of the, <laughs> you don't want to fail your last unit and then end up having to do an extra six months. 
I think if you yeah, get all your fails out at the be- I didn't fail any of my units, but if I had, I would have wanted to fail them all at the beginning. So then I was. She's just whispering <laughs> me, what about the one after the beverage appreciation course? I didn't fail that. I just barely scraped by with a pass. P's get degrees. Okay. So if you haven't heard the uh, episode, which is talking about career change, when I was at uni, I, my undergrad was in psychology and addiction studies. But my... There's an irony there. There is a bit of an irony <laughs> there. So I'll just say that again. My minor was in addiction studies and for my elective, I was studying beverage appreciation. And so I would spend Friday mornings at the Hyatt in the city. It started out with, you know, sampling wines and then by the end of the course we were drinking cocktails all morning and then I'll have to walk and get on the train and catch the train to the end of the train line to Joondalup. I would often fall asleep and hear the ping, doors closing and I'd have to like jump up and jump out of the train and then go to class to do biostats, epidemic and biostats, which was boring as anything at the best of times. But I tell you what, after a morning of drinking, <laughs> I was I was very tired. I may have slept through a fair percentage of that class. But I passed it. That's all you need. You just need to scrape through with the pass. And then one day it becomes a funny story your children bully you about. This is exactly right. Anyway, that's not the point of this story. Where was I, Where were we going with it? I think we were going to, you know, look that I guess if you fail it, well, yeah, it's a couple of hundred dollars. Yeah. I don't have many hundreds of dollars at the moment, though. That is um, true. But it did go on a um, help debt, so. It did. I suppose that's something to think about. How do you feel about your children having a help debt from a young age? It's not something for you to think about because you don't have children. Well, so. I mean, I was probably going to end up with one anyway. That's what we went with, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um. So... Yeah, so I guess for me, I would suggest people don't necessarily do it while they're trying to finish Finish up their high school journey um, and have a break between finishing high school and starting. We were just so excited. You could start. Yeah. That was awesome. It was. uh, One of my three friends who I kept, I met like three weeks before I started um, university um, and that was a very stressful time hmm. um still have the friend though yeah. <laughs> yay yay and any other tips that you would have for people who are starting um definitely start with one unit because it's a it's a lot of an adjustment uh if you're doing in person i did not have this option because i only really had the forums and stuff but if you're in person ask questions put your hand up if you don't understand something keep asking questions but you did that as well online yeah you know so i guess that's i often find it's easier to like have a conversation with someone Um, most definitely i think you're probably unique as a 16 year old in that way most people would find it you know i know i'm stereotyping but a lot of teenagers find it easier to text or to email rather than you know, to ask in forums rather than having to have a conversation. Which does make sense. But for me, it's the thing of, and now I have to wait for you to respond. And if you don't understand, then I have to like pause and explain it. Mm -hmm. Whereas in person, it's just easier. Yeah, look, most definitely. But I think one of the things that I loved is that 
we would look at something and go, well, actually, what is it that the lecturer is asking with that? Or, um, mm. you know, so for example, there was one of, I can't remember whether or not it was actually that first unit, but we weren't sure whether or not, did you have to pick one of the questions? Oh, yes, that was the first unit. Or answer all of them. And I was so, I had to, I thought I had to write 900 words on a question that only required 100 words to answer. Yeah, I was fairly sure you had to cover all of the questions in the thing, but you were, I, I guess there was some the ambiguity. The wording was weird. There was ambiguity with the wording. And so, yeah, I think that's a really great tip if you're unsure just keep asking till you've got it clear. And the thing is that I, from when I was teaching, I would always say to people, there's no such, well, you know, there's no such thing as a stupid question. There actually is such thing as a stupid question and people will always try and prove that there is a stupid question. It's a fun game I like to play. It's not a fun game. For the person standing at the front, it's not a fun game. Yeah, but sometimes I'm the person standing at the front and then it becomes fun stories I tell you at dinner time. Mm. Um, so I guess that... What I would always say to people is if you've got a question, chances are somebody else in the room does as well and they may not be brave enough to ask it. If you are someone who doesn't have the confidence to ask it, find yourself an extrovert. Yeah. They'll ask the question for you. Yes. Um, and also preferably an extrovert with no shame because then they'll ask the dumb questions that they know are dumb for you. So, Me. I'm the extrovert with no shame. <laughs> so I was sitting in a PD day recently and um i was sitting so in my role in the organization i should have known the answer to this question and i was what was the question i can't actually remember but i was sitting with somebody who also should have known the answer to the question and neither of us knew the answer to the question you just sat there looking at each other trying to no we didn't we were giggling and passing notes yeah <laughs> no we were not behaving well and so the person who was sat next to me whispered what's your question Tell me the question. I'll ask it, and then I'm happy to look like an idiot for you. Said, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what she did, and it's great. So that's exactly it. It's find yourself somebody who isn't afraid to actually ask that question. And I think often if you're with that person when they ask the question, you just need someone to break the ice. You know, because once somebody's gone, hey, what about this? If the lecturer answers and you go, oh no, that's not actually what I meant. Often you then feel comfortable to jump in and go. That's not what I meant. Mm. If you are, if you were talking to somebody who was a parent who was thinking about their kids not doing year 11 and 12, what would you say to them? I'd say that don't panic. Um, whatever decision you make, you're not going to ruin their lives. Because um, I feel like that would be very stressful. Um and make a pros and cons list and then go through and then burn it and do whatever brings you joy well that was the next step was then go to your child and ask their opinion um <sighs> see that's i mean yes definitely obviously it's your life i want you to be involved in it at the same time that whole unconscious incompetence thing like if if you didn't have somebody suggesting that there were other options out there what would you have done i don't know we decided i was going to Auslan when i was like 12 hmm. um i don't know many 15 year olds 
who would go, well, actually, no, I'm not going to do year 11 and 12, which is expected of me. Instead, I'm going to pull out and I'm going to go straight to university. Well, I feel like if you're here being like, hey, here is this option I have for you that Mm. I think is a really good idea. They're not the ones who have to like bring it up to you, Um, which means they already know that they have a support network. Whereas if it's a child suggesting it to their parent, their parent might already have the, but this is the only way I know how to do Mm. it. And I want the best for you. And this is what was the only option. And so this is the only thing I know that is best. Even if And I guess you're giving that exam an example because there is, you know, I have had that conversation with somebody who you don't know especially well, but that was the response that, you know, that their parents gave when they had suggested doing something similar to what you're doing, that the only way is to go. Um, and so they hadn't got that same kind of support. Mm. Um, so did you have any – so when we were talking about it, did you have any big concerns about going – like missing out on year 11 and 12? I was mostly just worried about people um, because school itself – probably wouldn't have done it if it weren't for the fact that I'm an extrovert and I need people Mm. um I do I enjoy learning things I don't enjoy the public school system way of teaching things I think that there are some amazing teachers out there who do a fantastic I would have liked to have met you you know, you had some good I had, teachers. I had some good teachers. Mm. I also had some very interesting people teach me. Yes, and I think those things are character building. I'm <laughs> going to go with that, okay? Because I'm trying to be positive and uplifting. There are some amazing teachers there out there are. who find really creative ways to engage their students. Yes. And to those teachers, oh my goodness, you bring tears to my eyes and joy to my heart every single time I hear hear what you're doing in classrooms. Yes. My biggest worry about you not doing your 11 and 12? The ball. Yeah. (laughs) And I know how ridiculous that is and how first world problems that is, but that was my biggest worry. That I I guess probably because that was the only thing that – like that was the highlight for me for high school and a decision that I made was potentially going to mean that you were going to miss out on going to your school ball. Didn't bother you at all? Oh, I had my year 10 river cruise. I did that with the people who I went to school with for four years. If I'd gone to year 11 and 12, I wouldn't have known these people for very long. Mm. Which, like, didn't give me the desire for as much whereas I would have been sad if I'd missed my year 10 river cruise because those were the people I'd grown up with Mm. as it was you have a lovely best friend and you got to go to her school ball yeah it was great so my all of my things about getting to see you dressed up going to a ball we got to yeah (laughs) I'm saying it's about I didn't want you to miss out but really Mm. you know it's all about me you've got a second daughter it's fine (laughs) well you went so I did it's all good um, anything else that you would add around this process? I guess your 
you know, you start, well, you're in orientation week for in-person university this week. Yes, I am. Super exciting. Oh, if you, if you're worried about missing classes for whatever reason, all of the stuff is recorded. And so if you lose focus or stuff, don't worry because you can go and rewatch it online because everyone had to get used to it for COVID. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that yesterday, actually. I think, um, you know, again, going back however many decades to when I was at university, you had to actually turn up <coughs> and don't laugh. No, I'm laughing because I know there were lots of people who did, in fact, not turn up. Well, that is true. And so, I mean, if you didn't go to the lectures, well, then you could read the you could read the books, you could read your papers, whatever it was. But you had to be there in person for the tutorials. And then, I mean, I, the world was changing anyway. And we were getting to a point where there were some classes that were online and then COVID happened. And now you can attend your tutorial from anywhere in the world. So if you can't get your bum on that seat, that's okay. Whereas if yeah. we couldn't get our bum on that seat, well then you, you know, you only had so many you could miss and then you were failing that unit. So in that way, it's great. We can go camping for a long weekend and you can do your tutorial from the middle of the bush providing we take the hotspot with us. Yeah. And um, it actually works. Mm. And because all of your lectures are online and stuff, if there's a day where you're really tired and struggling to pay attention, you can go home and rest and then watch it after you've had a nap. Says the girl with chronic fatigue. Yeah, why do you think this is a tip I'm putting out here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also with the lectures, you can turn on captions, which I find much easier to pay attention to because if we're not in person... Um, Anything else is going to be more interesting than my laptop. Mm, actually, that, yeah, so that is true. Like I, when I'm teaching online workshops, I will always say to people, unless you are watching this on your phone, put your phone away because otherwise it's way too tempting to start scrolling through social media or texting someone. Oh, sometimes or, it wasn't even that. Sometimes it's, oh, you said a thing and I have a thought about this thing and now my brain is thinking the thought instead yeah. of paying attention. That is very much you, <laughs> 100%. I love that about you. Um, my tip if you're watching lectures online, turn the speed up. Yes, I did find that turning the speed up and turning on captions were very helpful. Also, if you turn on captions, it helps with note-taking because mm. you can read the things um, and then you literally just copy and paste the captions into your notes if need be. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I mean, if you turn on, if you increase the speed, you can take a three-hour lecture down to an hour and a half, mm. and you can still. I mean, it does sound like you're listening to Alvin and the Chipmunks. If Which you're old sometimes enough to is the thing that, that you need to pay attention. Yeah, because Al because there are some things that are a bit boring unless you're being told them by Alvin, by Alvin and, and the Chipmunks. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so. Any final thoughts on... Is this like the third final thoughts I've had? Yes, this is how I work. It's like our three goodbyes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, well, we've done final thoughts for the, for the students, final thoughts for the parents, and now final thoughts for final thoughts. Okay. Any final thoughts on this podcast? Mm. Um, 
No. <laughs> Hang on, give me a minute. Uh, university, you don't have to do four units at once mm. and just do that. You can take your time and do it differently. You get 10 years to do your degree. And you know what? They'll extend it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I guess, I guess the thing that we get told often is you need to know what you're going to do with your life. And, you know, I spoke about the fact that when I was 12, I needed to know what I was going to do with my life. Well, when I was 12, I was going to be an architect. And then you did architecture and you were like, this is boring. Yes, exactly. And then you wanted to do, what was it? You were on a plane to Paris? Yeah, I wanted to do microbiology. Applied, got into uni to do microbiology, decided I didn't want to do microbiology. Then did a degree in psychology and addictions and I haven't used that either. So I feel like you used that for not in the not in the kind of traditional sense of it. So we have this idea that you need to you need to know what you're gonna be and you need to know what the end destination is. I guess what I hope that I have shared with you is I actually want you to enjoy the journey because sometimes when you're on the journey, that's when you actually learn what sparks joy or what excites you or what lights you up. And, and I, you know, I've spoken a lot in this episode about the idea of unconscious incompetence and that is around that idea of, you know, I, I, know, I don't know that I don't know how to do something. But the jobs that we, you know, when we think about what jobs we want to do or what we want to, where we want to go with our life – the jobs that we... Most ma- people, when they think jobs, they're like doctor, firefighter, teacher, Is that what supermarket. That's what I think of when I think of like traditional jobs. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, now there's a whole range of people who want, you know, for their job, they want to be a YouTuber. What's to say that isn't a job that's people going to... People get paid for that. People do get paid. Now, not everybody gets paid for being a YouTuber. No. But, but some, some people, people do. do. <laughs> jinx. <laughs> it's a podcast. I take the jinx back. Um, so, you know, some people do. And jobs that jobs that you may be doing in 20 years' time most likely don't exist now. Yeah. So if you go out and you study the topics that spark interest or bring you joy – you may go down a very different path. So you're studying ancient history at the moment. History There's at the moment, sorry. A quote from a YouTuber I was watching who she talked about why she did an arts degree studying literature. And she said, I looked at the statistics of people who were misemployed and I thought, if I do a degree in literature, it doesn't matter what I'm doing because I'll have a rich enough inner world that it can be boring as anything and I'm just doing spreadsheets and I'll still have something entertaining to go home to. Some people, spreadsheets light them up. I work with somebody who a good spreadsheet, oh my goodness, it's like Christmas. Okay. If I feel what you meant. If spreadsheets <laughs> light you up, I would highly recommend a maths degree. Yeah. <laughs> um, some sort of computing yeah. thing. But yeah. spreadsheets do not light me up. No. Um, no, me neither. No. No. Um, so I guess it's just – you. When you start, if you follow the path that gets laid in front of you, as opposed to starting going, well, my end goal is to be whatever 
qualification or whatever kind of employment situation that is, maybe that puts blinkers on you. And instead, maybe just be open to seeing what opportunities are out there. And I guess that's kind of what happened as far as the, you know, you were going to go to TAFE. And and then TAFE said no. TAFE said no. Which, can we take a moment? I got accepted into two universities, but TAFE's too good for me. It's fine. It's fine. You'll get over that soon, I promise. <laughs> but next semester, we'll try again for the Auslan. But I just got into university. And you can do both. True. We can argue about this off air. Yeah. So, oh. But this is the thing. You can do both. You don't have to choose one or the other. There's nothing to say you can't do a TAFE course and do one or two units at uni. Yeah. So I guess that's my biggest takeaway is be open to what the universe has to offer. Also take enjoy the courses it. that... You go, oh, that might, that sounds interesting. Beverage appreciation, 98%. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I should be recommending beverage appreciation (laughs) to my 16-year-old. Your suggestion has been considered and denied. Perfect. Um, Absolutely perfect. But if something interests you, try it. Maybe you end up being like, ooh, I really like marine biology. And now you get to work with sea lions, which sounds quite fun. Mm. Ooh, and dolphins. Maybe consider turtles. Yes. Maybe consider studying marine biology. (laughs) And on that note, with uh, somebody who's studying history and suggesting that other people should go study... Um, marine biology. Can you imagine me working with turtles? I think it would be amazing to work with turtles. Maybe you should say marine biology. I'm really tired. Okay. <laughs> I can put a turtle video up on YouTube. That's perfect. That'll s- satisfy all my needs. <laughs> all right. And with that, I'm off to go watch a video about turtles <laughs> on YouTube. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Danica, thank you for being here and sharing for the last hour or so. Oh, really we've got an hour. Really appreciate all your time today. No problem. This was good fun. Let's see if we can think of another topic and I'll come back. <laughs>Thank you for joining me for today's episode of A Hidden World of Women, a podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. For more information on the services we offer, head to whws.org.au or Women's Health and Wellbeing Services on YouTube and social media. Looking forward to the next episode where we uncover the hidden world of women.